1: This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm so excited to have Marcia Stevens. And Marcia, I had the opportunity to attend her birth, meet her about five years ago as she was visiting the United States um, to to give birth and to work with the School of Midwifery out here. And Marcia is um, a nurse. She's been a nurse for 18 years. She lives in Liberia, and she has four girls. So thank you so much for joining me Marcia. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs> and share you with yeah, the world. I am too. Thank you. There are so many quotes that I say in my life that come from Marcia. Like as you can imagine sitting at her feet 5 years ago listening to the stories that she has to tell that a lot of how what guides my goals and my ambitions and in um helping birth circle um helping birth women all over the world through the tool of birth circle has been set up by Marcia. Um, and I'm so grateful for her kind of imprinting on my head so young. Um, and so I'm excited to share her with the world. So thank you for being willing to be on the podcast.
0: <laughs> thank you too. My pleasure. <laughs>
1: okay. So tell us, how yeah. did you get your, your background? You've been a nurse for 18 years, but how did you get your schooling? And then how did you get interested in birth?
0: Okay, my late grandmother was a home birth midwife, a traditional birth. And coming up as a little girl, I was always by her side. And so I was always helping. I was always helping her when she's helping the mother um, in giving birth. And then I took to the job and I felt that I could do it. And so I went for it. And I told her that I wanted to be a nurse. And I went for it. She supported me. I graduated from high school. I went to nursing school. And I did nursing. I was doing nursing at the same time, doing the midwifery. So like I said to you earlier, I'm an apprentice midwife, but I am a registered nurse. And that's my passion. And I enjoy helping everybody, including the mom, having a baby. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what are, the, what are some of the challenges that you have in your particular, um, your particular community with regards to birth? Because I know when you were out here, oh. you were making plans and building a clinic in your front yard. So what are, yeah. tell, tell us about what it's like to give birth in Liberia.
0: It's a difficult thing because Liberia is a poor country. A lot of people can't afford the government hospitals here are not doing too well for the citizens. So if a mom is having her baby, she can't afford to go to the private facility for health care. The government facilities are not up to date. so it's kinda It's a problem for them because if they don't have money, they can't have the baby there. And because of that, some of them have their babies at home with unprofessional people. Some some mothers lost their babies, some mothers lost their lives. And seeing myself, my passion, I go for it. I do a lot of birth without pay. Because I mean (laughs) these people need help. I can't Mm -hmm. see them there yet and I can't help them so I, I, I deliver a lot of mom without getting anything from them because my passion is to help of course I need money yes but I can't just sit there and I can't help yeah. so in my, my, in my backyard I had a mini home clinic that I started where I do the bike and so I the courage to build a clinic in my yard that I could help more Recently, I,
1: have. I love that story. I mean, talk about in the United States, you could never do that zoning laws. But I love the fact that you see a pain in your community and you build a clinic in your front yard. So, but, but yeah. basically you're saying that there is no, the welfare there is so poor that um, the, the system is so broken that if you don't have the money to pay for a private hospital, you're basically left yeah. to your own devices.
0: Yeah. True, so yeah.
1: so there are not um so what's the training process for midwives you call them granny midwives
0: right so yeah so the granny midwives had all the tba recording traditional birth attendance those are, are women those are granny that didn't go to school to learn to do the delivery yes yeah, so they just stay home because they are moms and they are women and they should be there when their daughters and all the girls, the ladies are giving birth and they are there just there helping them. They are not school for it. There were times uh, before the war because Liberia had civil war for 14 years. So before, yes, before the civil war, these moms were just there helping. They didn't go to school. And that is the problem because they didn't go to learn midwifery. The government don't see them fit to do delivery, to attend birth. But they Mm -hmm. are still doing it. They are still doing it because there are some areas where you don't find clinic, where you don't find a a midwife, where you don't find a nurse. But yes, a woman who is pregnant and needs care. So some mother there is going to attend to her and take care of her and she will have a baby. And some are safe, some are not. I mean, because when there's complication, they can They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They will do what the feeder can do. And sometimes the mom don't live, the baby don't live. And sometimes both mothers and baby live. Like the twin I told you about, they were drawn back to back. And they live. And <laughs> this is a story. I know this is a crazy story.
1: I'm like, I heard a story about a granny midwife who delivered conjoined twins vaginally, and everybody lived.
0: Everybody lived, and wanna... because they were yes, because they were joined, and that's when the mother left the the bush and came to town for the doctors to separate her twins. and god bless her yes there were some americans here at that time and it took those children to america and as i speak to you now the american citizens they they, they didn't come back to liberia it's just still there with their mom oh
1: my goodness
0: that i mean
1: my babies had big heads but i didn't have conjoined twins (laughs) yeah i have to ask where were they conjoined do you know They're back, (gasps) no! Oh, you said that you're back. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That hurts. That hurts.
0: To back, Sarah. Back. (sighs) To back. They're too back facing. Too back. Back to back. I can't imagine how they came out, but they 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 came out.
1: And nobody. Wow. And so this speaks to the skill that some of these granny midwives have.
0: Exactly. That's so. So we should be helping them. That, so that's when Sherry and Dee came to Liberia and they thought about that. They said, these, these women are important, so we need to go and see them. And so when Dee and Sherry came, we went to a rural area or place where they call Babalu, and we invited them. They came to meet and they were, we were happy to work along with them. And Sherry and Dee prepared some birth kits for them. Uh-huh. I mean, like, yes, and we and divided it out to them, and they were so glad. That they received because they went back to help their hometown, to help their children, to help their community. That was good. Yeah.
1: One of the things I remember you saying was that um, in some of these places, they won't have access to clean water or safe tools, but they'll have access to a smartphone, right?
0: So, no. There no are s- some places they, they won't have cell phone at all. Oh, there they don't have cell phones. Not at all. Some places, no. Some, some places, yeah, nothing, nothing. So what
1: is the, what is, do you think is the most important tool to have that, like, if you could have nothing else, what would be the best thing to have in a
0: birth in the bush? The, birth, the birthing kid, um, Sarah, they need a birthing kit Where they will have, I mean, those instruments used for delivery. And we could we, 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 we think about going from place to place, I mean, with the the, the 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 focus of the ministry, with the talking to them about it and encouraging them to empower these these uh, mom because they are doing great jobs out there. So we need to empower them. breathing and care, they need birth and care. With I mean materials, yeah, tools that they can use to help a woman. I mean, have a birth, have a safe delivery. They really need them. Even what? like you talk about the foam, we need foam too, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, what's in the birth kits?
0: Okay, the forceps, the scissors, clamp, clamp, scissors. Yeah. For, I mean, where you help to clamp the core, mm-hmm. the core, the core tie for the umbilical core when the baby is born. After you separate the mother from the baby, you clamp the core. Um, um, you need medications too, like the oxytocin, the, the echometrium that someone will need, yeah, just in case of bleeding to help for the service to contract and, you know, go back to place. Yeah.
1: So these are just like basic medical supplies
0: we take for granted here. Seriously. Yeah, towers, um, uh, sanitary pads. These are things that your mom needs and they use. You know?
1: And is it hard to get these supplies in Liberia? Are they, are they like, what the, makes them hard to they, get?
0: Okay, some of them are not so, like, especially like the person thing, like the tower, or the sanitary pad, Terry or like I say, a poor woman can't afford that. Mm. But someone who is working, I mean, like the city, they can't afford that. But there are some people who just can't afford that, but they are having a family. And so the government hospital should be there to help. But sometimes they don't even have that to help the mom. So just imagine that. I, and we will see as need is a burden on us, and we're trying to do all we can do. The people
1: help. in the hospital. I mean, I can't imagine working in a hospital where you don't have the tools you need to take care of your patients. So does that just make the staff just make them so angry?
0: Yes, true. There are times that even the staff get angry and sometimes (laughs) they say they can't work because there are no tools to work with and so they don't want to go to the facility to do the work. Because you can work with all tools, right? Right. You can you can't work with all tools. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we have these problems. Yeah. So it's it, it becomes difficult for both the clients and the health care worker. So what is
1: causing the shortage of birth supplies or supplies? Is it that the, the hospitals don't they have policies against helping the poor. I mean, I just,
0: it's so oh, yeah, different no, than no. here. Yeah, it's so different. Very, very different. The, I mean, one I, at one point, I would say, for one of that, I would say is negligent on the government part, because these things are things that should be provided for your citizens. Our government are not really doing that, to tell you the truth. And sometimes we have a lot of NGO, a lot of different people come in to help, but it's just sometimes for a shorter time. Sometimes the time the people will come and be here for, all will be well, but when they leave, it just goes on for some time and then...
1: And then you run out of supplies?
0: Run run out of supplies. So it's like we can't do it by ourselves. I mean the government. But there are some individuals. I mean, like me, I'm running my own clinic, so I try to make sure I have these basic supplies. So mm-hmm. there where I come in to say that I will need help. I mean, being my friend and interacting with you, I will need help with my clinic if I can just have some support with the little resources that I have that I'm putting together. I tell you, Sarah, we're going to help a lot of mom and we're going to move forward and do something great.
1: Because there are people there are people there ready to work and there is access to these supplies. I mean, it's not like it's illegal to import gauze into, into Liberia, right? I mean, you no. have these supplies. They're just not being able to be purchased by the people who need them because, like, to be so poor that you can't even afford gauze or a towel or that that to americans is unbelievable because you can go anywhere and pick up any of these things like people will give them to you you go to the emergency like for an american to be out without gauze is pretty much impossible right or a towel or something <laughs> clean to wrap a baby in and so like i just it just wrap my head around you know we just say we'll just throw more stuff at them, just ship more ship more stuff to them and but it it doesn't work that way that doesn't solve the problem right the, I was going to ask you, the NGOs, the non-government organizations that come in, in uh, humanitarian tourism, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of criticism for humanitarian tourism, but tell us what you feel like, how do they impact the, the community there?
0: They impact, they impact the community because when they come, I mean, the community is so happy. The government receives them wholeheartedly and embrace it and say oh yes what you are here to do what you are here for will be rewarding but I mean it's not the NGO who has the problem it's us it's us the citizens because the NGO take for instance you. if you are willing to help me I should be willing to right yeah. vice versa you are willing to help me so I should be grateful and be willing to work with you but Liberians, some, some of us, some Liberians are doing all they can do to help. But when it is left with the government, then it becomes like politics, like they 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 are the one bringing the NGO, they are encouraging the NGO. But if you are encouraging the NGO and the NGO comes in to help and the NGO set a peace. And you should continue and you should follow up, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's just not going that way. And there are few people that really want to make a difference. And I'm one of those.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very, very so why do you think that the government doesn't... Is, did the NGOs come in and try and teach how to do things that aren't really it's Liberian not. culture and so then they but, aren't adopted? Or why isn't it easy to take what these NGOs do and continue the work?
0: I would say they just don't want to do it because when the NGO come, they do a lot of training. They, they empower us. They empower our people. They train us to do it even when they are gone. But sometimes, it, I mean, like as I continue to say, sometimes they head the head will do R7, right? When you see the people, they, they they act like they will do it good. But then when the people leave
1: they go back they to their ways. You know, oh my gosh, yeah. that's gotta be so frustrating.
0: That is, it is so frustrating. So few Liberians, I mean there are a few of us, other people trying to they are they are trying to set standard, they are trying to make things happen. And we, we, we are getting there little by little. But if an NGO comes, they pass through the government. They don't come. Like, they call me alone. So, for instance, a clinic that I'm trying to finish, I already have a clinic that is established. And my clinic is, I mean, registered with the government. They know that I'm doing this business. They know that I'm a nurse. So if someone comes in to help me, they're not going to go to the government. The government is going to be aware, yes, I have this group that are coming to help me because I have a clinic that is already established. So it's not a government clinic. It's no, not you're a an individual.
1: Clinic. You're an independent
0: clinic. Thank you. And, and so I'm helping the citizens. That is different, but when it is under the government themselves, they don't, do, they don't really, really do well. And that is so frustrating. So healthcare in Liberia is one of the different things that our people suffer from. So and you're saying hoping that.
1: there's so much to be improved. So you're saying that the NGOs that come and help independent workers like you, they're able to make more of a difference than trying to go through the yeah. government channels because the government channels, they just kind of fizzle out after the NGOs leave. But Yes. NGOs that come yes. in. because When I'm trying to understand a hard concept, like that's so foreign, like Liberia is so foreign to me. I try and like flip it. If you were to come to me in America and try to teach me how to give birth, like the granny midwives give birth, it would feel very uh, confusing. It would be so different. And I, I would have a hard time adopting it. Like I would have a hard time changing. Is that what's, is that what it is? Is that, 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 we're taking Western medicine, we're taking American way of birthing and and bringing it and pushing it? Or is it
0: literally, they just, what is it? No, it's not that it will be so difficult. It's just that there are some things that we, and because, I mean, every day we learn new things, right? Right now, there's, I mean, it's technology war. And like before, like now, if you go to a clinic in America, you do all on the computer, right? You register the yes. patient on the computer. You There's a perfect that, right?
1: example, right? So if we're teaching you, you have to do it on the computer, and you don't have computers or it breaks, then the whole system breaks?
0: Thank you. <laughs> so, so there are clinics here, there are hospitals here that are still not, I mean, registering the patient on the computer. They're still doing it, I mean, with uh notepad, or just on the, the, the hospital car. Yeah, so it's not safe in a computer, right? But it's being recorded with pen, and pencil, and sheet. So, they come and teach you how you save patients' documents on a computer, which is something good. So, even if they come to this facility and you don't have an ultrasound machine where you can do scan, like my clinic now, I'm working on that. I need Ultrasound. I will. I will want to. Yeah, because you need to see the position of the baby, right? You need to check when when the baby is still in utero, right? All moms should do ultrasound. I mean, ultrasound when they are pregnant, right? Right. But yeah, I, if there's if there's something that you're concerned about, for sure,
1: if you don't have that equipment, that's really hard for you to.
0: So, so there you go. All of the clinics don't have scan machine. I, even as I speak to you, I don't have a one. Okay, so, so the I,
1: NGOs come in and try and teach you how to do better practices, but you can't even implement they, the practices because you don't have the equipment.
0: Yes. So they come, they bring it, they leave it. We work with it. But if it's poor, it gets damaged. It yeah, then it's broken. Then it, you, you don't know how to fix it. Oh, my gosh. You, you don't know how to fix it, you can't afford to buy another one that you will use. So these are some of the problems that we have, Mm -hmm. and I really want to work on that to see how we can improve our health.
1: So if, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt that the scans are helpful, but is there a way that that midwifery could be, I don't know, like that midwife that delivered the conjoined twins those are some serious uh-huh. mad skills is there a way like would she be able to teach other midwives or like if the ngos came in and instead of saying this is how you do it better if they came in and found midwives that were doing it better and uh-huh. helped them teach would that work better or
0: yeah yes that that that's yes that should work better that's supposed to work better because that's empowering her and helping her to improve in her skills. She has skills. Yeah. She has some skills. Yeah. So she should She has math skills. Yeah. There's, she should be like
1: the university. She, everybody should come apprentice her.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so like that. So the government said, okay, send me a wife don't know how to handle complications. So they they agree that the moms will go to them, but if if the mom goes to you, then you you come along with her at the health facility.
1: Oh, so she can bring she can bring the midwife with her when she goes to the health facility to kind of like continue the care.
0: Because midwives, so bring the mom at the health center at the clinics at the hospital instead of during the, the delivery at home
1: okay because here in the united states home birth is actually really safe and it's on the rise yes. especially with covid but in places like liberia it's actually
0: it's not,
1: not the best
0: it's not they don't use sterile they don't use sterile nothing
1: is sterile yeah well even our even our homes we would have access to clean water here in, in the USA.
0: You know you need to are some of the things that we are going to do some of the problems that we have. Wow. Yeah.
1: So you, um, you're working on this clinic, you're still building this clinic in your front yard or what's going on with with the, I just love that it's in your front yard. You have no idea how much I love that. <laughs> I love that you have yes. the freedom – here's here's what m- moggles my mind. I love that you have the freedom to fix a problem you mm-hmm. see by building a clinic in your front yard. And I hate – at the same time, I hate the fact that you can't even like get the supplies for your clinic you need because of the way it is. So it's like whenever I get mad at city zoning laws, I, like, I also do construction here no. in the United States. I get so frustrated with zoning laws. And then I'm like, so. but – I can get gauze anytime I want. So, so,
0: so, the, so the, the difference is for us who are operating our private clinic, we try and get the supplies. We have them. We purchase them. We have them. But the government facilities should be free for the citizens, and they don't have it. That's the difference. You understand? The government facility. we have private facilities. We have government facilities. The government facilities are, I mean, actually, the drugs, the the things there, the supplies there should be free of charge for the citizens. Because the government is responsible for that. But a lot of times they don't have it in the government facility which is supposed to be free. So they come to the private facility that, I mean, that that is not free. So we try, but it's not free, but still, sometimes we still give it free because they don't have it. They can't mm-hmm. afford. A mom will not come to you. She needs it, and she doesn't have it, and you send her away now. So you see, so there's more burden on the private facility than the government facility. The government, it, facility. the government kind <laughs>
1: yeah. of The government kind of knows that's what's happening, so just lets the private facilities take care of it.
0: Right. They know. They know. Mm. Yeah.
1: So is your clinic a birthing center or is it all types of healthcare?
0: All types, not just clinic birthing center, all types Our clinic. We have a birthing center. We have I mean, areas where you see other patients, both male, female, children. Yeah. Even the different hospitals. But, you know, I mean, if the clinic is little, because usually here the clinics are little, just one or two are big, but they have different sections. Not only the birthing part of it, they have different sections. Mm. Where you yeah, do immunization, you do the birthing, you do other medical things, they do the dental, different. Yeah.
1: So, how do you get funding for your clinic?
0: Sarah. <laughs> She's is making a face. It's <laughs> my, my very self. There were times long ago, five, six years ago, seven years ago, once in a while, the government were helping the private facilities. They used to, but they are not doing it. There were times they would give some drugs, the malaria drug, because in Liberia, we have a lot of mosquitoes. So we have, I I mean, people come down with malaria. They were giving malaria drugs. They were giving antibiotics. There were times... That they were helping. And they are, I mean, these drugs were brought in by NGOs again to help. So they were doing distribution every month. But all of a sudden, it stopped. They are not doing it again. And so... We brought, Is it stopped we because of COVID? People. No. this I mean, for their, their own reason, I can't answer that for them. Because... We try and win and ask. It was not, it, I mean, it stopped long before COVID. Oh, really? It stopped long. It stopped long before Ebola. That was just their own thing. They just felt that they, they shouldn't help again. And they, and, they, and they were not helping or they are not helping again. And since they are not helping, we we have to go for it ourselves. We have to do it. Even when, if, when they were helping, it was later. I mean, we appreciate that, but we're still doing what we had to do. But now it's not coming at all, so it's just the more the little we have, we receive from the patient when they pay for the drugs for the lab, we go back and buy drugs. But the clinic is being run by my very self, no help. Wow, but yeah. there
1: are many other clinic owners like you all over the country, just trying to yes, yes, trying to yes. provide yes. services.
0: Yes. And the
1: government yes. just doesn't care. No. Because no. if the members of the government get sick, if the, if the people in power get sick, they just go to a private hospital and they can pay, so they don't worry.
0: They go to a private hospital, they can pay. They don't worry. They have money. They fly out of Liberia and go elsewhere. They go to Ghana. They come to America. They go to India. They go to Nigeria to seek health care. Yeah, it's your country that need the health system needs to be improved. You should see reason to help improve it instead of you flying out. So if if a Liberian doesn't have money to fly out of Liberia to seek health care if they are really ill, tell me you know what will happen, right?
1: Yeah, what happen?
0: will happen? So that's why I are in here. And how yeah. do
1: how do NGOs when they come in? How do they know which clinic they should work with, versus which clinic is just being run by people that don't have the best interests? In mind. So
0: yes. Yeah, so it, I mean, like you know me now. Like you know me because we have interacted. You know that I have clinic, and I will ask you and say, Sarah, I'm I'm having this clinic and I need help. Can you find a way to help me? Maybe you can talk to people in Utah and say, look, I have this friend like girl who has a clinic and she needs help. Blah blah blah. You explain what I've explained, and you decide to say, okay, I'm coming to help Marcia with her clinic. You come to help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it's a con- anybody,
1: So it's connections.
0: Please. You're saying it's connections. Connection. It is connection. Mm. Connection.
1: So I know you through a a third party, but how did you first get your connection to the United States?
0: Okay, so when um, Sherry and Dee came, it was Dee. When Dee came to Liberia, she came to adopt her her son, right? Peter. You know Peter, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And she was here for a longer time. And being a midwife, she just didn't want to just sit home. So she asks her host by then if she would be going to a nearby clinic or hospital just to you know have an idea of how we do delivery and this and her host is my friend. Oh. It's still her- So her host host said, oh, I have a friend who has her own clinic. So I will contact her. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how she contacted me and told me about D. And I went to see D. And D said, oh, but can we do student exchange? Students from America can come to Liberia. I mean, for affiliation, we call it here. I mean, practicing before graduation. I said, oh, yeah, that would be mm-hmm. And so with that, I was, able, I was able to carry them to the Ministry of Health. And we met with some of the bosses. And they were waiting. And so that's how Sherry and uh, Lola, um, Sonja, came in with D. So D went back and came along with students, with Sonja, who was a student. And then I didn't do that on my own. So I had to go to the Ministry of Health to inform them that I had some foreign friends that are male wives and they were here for some time. And so they wanted to see the different, I mean, the way we do our delivery, our culture. Mm-hmm. And so they, they so the government agreed. They didn't mind. They agreed to that. And so the and, 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 and Sonja and Sherry, they were going to the hospital, I mean, Ozeri, helping with birth.
1: Oh. And, and,
0: yes. So they went there. They went to the big government hospital here, and they saw how we do our delivery. They saw our you know, tradition. They went to my private clinic, even though it was small. They didn't, they didn't attend a birth at my clinic, but they attended a birth at the bigger hospital. so that's how I came in contact with them. And so when they were leaving, um, Sherry asked me, have you been to America before? I said, no, will you love to come and visit? I said, yes. And she offered me. She went and sent me an invitation and I was given visa. That's how I went to Utah.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I'd never heard that story before. And you gave birth here and I got to film your birth, which was so cool.
0: I went to Utah 2014 just for a month and guess what when I went the first time I was I mean shallow I was I was going to the hospital to the to, to mountains right how do you call the hospital there in Utah Yeah
1: the hospital um, just the medical yeah. center mm-hmm.
0: Yes I went there I was just shallowing I was following Jennifer when Jennifer Sherry talked to Jennifer mm-hmm. and I was at the I was going to the hospital every day and just observing how. Oh my goodness! Just that's what I was doing. Yeah, so I was there for a month and I came back. And then 2015 when we had Ebola and because I was pregnant, I still had visa to, to. I mean, my visa was still valid. That's when I went back and had my baby. So I went to Utah two times. Yeah, to have your baby.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so do you feel like the? Do you feel like that's a really cool way, I mean, it's not like we can bring every midwife to the United States, but do you think that made a bigger impact to learn here on the ground, like immersed in our culture versus our culture trying to go over and like spot
0: teach it? <laughs> you think? Yeah, 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 yes. Like, in fact, be- while I was there, while I was there, I shared experiences. I went to the midwife school in Springville. I went there, they invited me, I spoke to the students. Mm-hmm. I went there. Yes, I talked about the difference that I saw with us giving birth here and there, giving birth there. I shared my experience and I had a wonderful time. I talked yeah. to the Midwife, the students there. Yeah, I visited the Mayweather school there. I, I, I got, got footage great. of that.
1: Maybe we can get permission to publish that. That, that was a very interesting presentation, I remember. Yeah. yeah. See, Marcia is very, very much imprinted on me. <laughs> Um, so, so it seems like your connection with Sherry was pretty happenstance, or D was pretty happenstance, like it just kind of happened. Is there any way that we could, uh, two cultures come together and create more of these on-purpose connections?
0: Yeah, yes. We can work it out. We, we, cause, I mean, I tell you, Sarah, seriously, we still need help. I need help to help my people, and I would love it if you guys, if I can find sponsors there or NGO there that can help (laughs) me improve. In fact, Mm -hmm. as time goes by, I even want to improve the clinic from, I mean, from just clinic to health center and maybe a hospital in the future. But I mean, I want to leave one stage and go to the next, because all along it has just been little, and so I'm, thinking and planning to see how I can improve it a little to help more. Because the bigger it gets, the more people I'm going to help.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. And then the more connections that individual providers can make with those. Because I am really sensitive to the fact that I, I feel very strongly that the granny midwives, the knowledge that you have in your country isn't subpar to the knowledge we have in our country The only difference, we have ultrasound machines and we have sterile blankets. But really, if a midwife can, nobody in America would deliver conjoined twins vaginally. So I would say that the skill level of your midwives is completely, if not better, than the skill level in a lot of ways of our providers. It's just the difference in equipment.
0: True. In fact, fact, if that granny midwife, that particular mom, who had a conjoint 20, if she was in a city, she was the, the doctors were never going to allow her to have that baby by herself. But because she was way in the bush, in the village where there was no health center or no clinic close by. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure that your granny midwives who have experienced with breach, given the right yeah. equipment, they would be the most effective sure. and safe providers ever true yes. Right? Yes.
0: So yeah right so we
1: have equipment and we have a lot of knowledge but you also have knowledge and and I, equipment it seems like the best way is to just be bringing in the equipment and the help for systems like clean water and helping your birth yeah. culture your birth knowledge expand the way that yeah. works with your culture right true
0: yeah true true Zero, did you yes. feel
1: like giving birth in America was like another worldly experience? Like, as birth providers, we were we weird? Were we? <laughs>
0: did we treat you differently? Did we? I mean, oh, I did you I find it, in, it. was? <laughs> I was so. I always talk about. it I always show the video to my friends. I say the male wives in America do birth. I mean, just different, weeks super. And I enjoy it. I mean, all the care, the love. Whenever I have the the, the contraction, and I go to the, they rub my back and do, <laughs> you know, we, we, we Oh, that was so yeah, nice. Yeah.
1: I just loved you we asked.
0: That, yeah. No, you don't do that there.
1: you asked for um some gospel music, so we turned on the gospel music, and we're like, all right,
0: we can we can rock to this. <laughs> so we don't do that here, but all of the birth that I attended with Sherry, and uh-huh. Dee, and with Sherry and D, I saw that, and so I said, "Okay, oh. when I'm hiring my baby, when I'm hiring my baby, I'm going to do that." And that was wonderful. <gasps> that so you picked so up a little American trick. I, yes, I enjoy that, and so I do that with my mom too. So some when they're in labor, I mean, I'm playing the music, I'm singing for them, dancing, I'm oh my gosh, praying for that. them. Oh, I love that. Sarah, you should come. You need to come on one of these trips yes. and see. I'm praying, and hoping for that time.
1: I'm we, planning we need on to it.
0: work that. One. You yep. have to come to Liberia. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any other stories of, the, of just birth <laughs> there? I mean, we have the, the, the twins, the conjoined twins, but what else? What other amazing things are happening in the birth world there?
0: so we we i mean we have like my very self i had a delivery maybe some 10 19 years ago it was my first time seeing a mom so yeah it's another thing there are some mom that you won't see from the beginning of her conception or her pregnancy you only see her when it's time to give birth It happened here, too. I don't know if that happened in America. But there are some mom that you won't see. They live somewhere else. And sometimes when they're about to give birth, right, when they reach to, I mean, before term, then they leave their community and come closer. And you only see them on a day of labor. So oh. you, you, don't have, you don't know anything about them. But yeah, it's the mom who is ready to have her baby. And there are some clinics that don't accept them. There are some that accept them because of their condition. And sometimes you even tell the relatives that you have to take your patient to a bigger hospital because I don't know anything. And they are there begging you, please help me. You have to help me. I don't have money to carry her. I can't do this. She And, and sometimes the mom tell you, I can't walk. I'm not able to go anywhere, so I can't go. I'm going to have the baby right here. And you stay right there and help her mm-hmm. have that baby. I had one experience at did the birth. They were twins. Sarah, i tell you, I didn't even know it was a girl and a boy. You
1: After didn't even know they were came, twins?
0: I didn't know until the girl came. Before I got to know that another baby was there and it was a boy. And the boy was rich. The girl she was sure in the right position, but the boy was rich.
1: Oh, sticker.
0: She had her babies, and they were fine. The mother was fine. The baby was fine. Yeah.
1: Wow, wow, wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah. it seems like the like the connection you had to the United States. It. it yeah. Am I correct in saying that sometimes the NGOs come? And they make a difference and then they leave, but there's not like a lasting connection. There's not a, we, we would call it a sister city. Like growing up on the East Coast, my, con- my city had a sister city in Germany that we we're like, and we would take care of each other. But it seems like it's kind of like one-sided that the NGOs come in, they help, but then they leave and there's no connection. They don't, they don't foster long-term relationships or is it just my
0: perspective? Some. Some do that. They in fact they intend for it to be long relationship. Even at a bigger hospital, that the John F. Kennedy Medical Hospital. Right. Right now I work there. I'm I'm an instructor there. I teach in a nursing school. So okay. besides my yeah, so besides my clinic, I have another job where I go to the nursing school to teach. So I work in the big hospital, but with students. I work with the students. I'm teaching them. Some of the male wives and the nursing students, I'm teaching them. So every time, there's there's different groups that come from the United States. Some just come to do surgery, I mean, a particular surgery. Some will say they come to do just water, pterodectomy. Uh Some will come, yeah, some will come for just breast cancer. I mean, just different thing. But some are coming repeatedly. Some are coming repeatedly, they always come. They will come and spend a month or two and go, and then they will, they will, they will come back another time. And some just come once in a while to help and go. But a lot of times, people come, they come. So I mean, what I said earlier was that even though these people are coming to help, but sometimes, our people feel that with all the with all this the help, we can do it on our own. That's why our people do sometimes, and and we should be we should graduate from that. We should, we we are appreciative that people will come. We should be willing when people come, and we should be able to prove to the people that we can do it even with all them. Because I mean, you come and teach me to do something. So I should move on and teach more people, and then we can, we can work better, right? Mm. That's how it should be.
1: and th- That's how it should be, yeah. yeah that would yeah. foster the long-term relationships I'm, I'm talking about. So you're saying that in, in one way, the NGOs, the NGOs coming um, teaches the people that they can't do it on their own, and it almost disempowers. It does the opposite of what they're intending.
0: <laughs> yeah <Whoops. laughs>
1: but yeah but, but not if you. <laughs> you
0: come to me it, no not me, not me. I can show you that if you help me, you're gonna in fact yeah. we're gonna be in we're gonna be in con- constant communication and you're gonna see what you are putting into the clinic to help Liberian citizens, so it's like i I would even want you to come every time when you can come to see to see the progress, to see how well we are doing with the help that you guys can help or with how well we are doing and how well we are helping our own citizens. Yes. But there are some, there are some of us who can do better and who are striving to do definitely for our for our people here. Yeah
1: the only difference between my culture and yours is that we happen to have sterile gauze at our fingertips. And <laughs> I feel like that, that that's the only difference that there's, there's a wealth of knowledge on both sides and the thought mm-hmm. that an NGO coming in with the intention of helping is actually hindering. That's pretty heartbreaking, yeah. but uh, it's sure encouraging. Apply. Yeah. It's so encouraging though, to see people like you who are taking these resources and growing them because you know what you do is and your your daughters and what they see you do and then they take that to their daughters and their neighbors and their that's that's
0: the best yeah so in my community a lot of the moms around here are my clients i see them when they are having a baby i i mean i help them so a lot of the babies i mean I born in my hands, oh. and the my babies. Yeah, they are your babies? Alive. Oh, my babies! I just
1: so in full disclosure, I actually haven't talked to Marcia in five years, and I just got to meet my baby, <laughs> the baby <laughs> there I. There you
0: go.
1: Yeah, she, there you think, go. Is she? Yeah, you do. You have connection with your babies. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So I have my babies all around my community. When I pass, and say, "Hi, Auntie Marcia! Hi, Auntie Meso!" Oh, I, I love and, it. And I, I tell them, "Guess what? Did your mom tell you that I was the first to hold you?" They say, oh, yeah!" Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. I almost told your daughter I was the first one
1: to see you, even before your mama. But I didn't. Uh, she's only five. I don't know how that would go. But yeah, yeah. No, I feel this connection to my babies and. And so that's probably one of the big draws of midwifery is that connection you have with them. Yeah. So,
0: so, so, yeah.
1: So how, again, I haven't, I, we didn't have a pre-conversation, Marcia and I, I just, I filmed her birth and she made such an impression on me when she was here teaching at the school midwifery. And a lot of the things, the choices I've made, (laughs) have been guided by my, by what I learned from Marcia six years ago. (laughs) And (laughs) so tell like, how can we as a, as a birth community here, how can we directly support you right now today? What are you in need of? How do we get you the things you need without going through all these? You know, I hear I hear you're not supposed to ship things because things never turn out where they are supposed to go. So how do we help?
0: So, Sarah, I mean, seriously, earnestly speaking to you. Just just everything you can. You you think that. Uh, a nice or a male we need. And guess what? D, D sent a forefather continued during the Ebola crisis to Liberia. D, Yeah did it. She sent gauge, she sent gloves, she sent antiseptic, she sent boots, she sent PPE. So, I mean, it's not, you. you, you don't have to send money, but if you can just gather. Just materials, equipment, tools, scissors, the clamp. Even if we can have a small ultrasound machine. If you can just pack a container with just medical supplies. PPEs, gloves, gauze, alcohol. And can
1: we ship these to you without being stolen or anything?
0: We can? Yeah, yeah you, can sh- you can ship them. You can mm. ship them without being stolen. Can ship there, yes. D, awesome. D did that. D did that. D sent a full photo continuum to Liberia. There were a lot of supplies. D did that. And do yes. you have
1: um do you have a PayPal or way that people can send you money?
0: Yes, you talk about PayPal. You remember I was there during the, the when we had those those little programs and thing, Sherry advised me and I opened an account there. I still have an account with Welfare group there where I send money. In, in fact, guess what? I I'm started the started deuterial thing with Sherry. Liberians, they love the oil, the deuterial oil. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I have paper. You can, you can send that. You can send, you can wire money through the bank and that will be fine. But I don't want you to focus on money first. Whatever way, whatever help you want to help, if you start with supplies, Sarah, mm. I will be grateful.
1: Okay, Supply. so we need to get your shipping information so we can put it with the episode so we can, we can organize something. Maybe we could do something here where um, the supplies are either sent or the money sent us, we purchase them, and then we can send them to you.
0: Yeah, Fine, we can work on that. I will work on that. That's why I say let's continue to communicate. We can work on that and see how we can get that going. I yeah. would be glad. I will so, be glad. Birth
1: Circle also uh, has a nonprofit arm. It's called the Empowering Fearless Birth Foundation. It's a a, f- um, a nonprofit here in the United States, and that PayPal address is donate at Empowering Fearless Birth. And I know one of the things. Um, donate at empowering for the And I know that one of the things that we talked about when you were here in 2014 was taking video of a lot of the things that were going on, but even six years ago, access to video wasn't like it is now. So (laughs) I would say (laughs) it would be really fun to, to do a campaign here to gather some things for you and then send them over and have you do a video of, of them being received and how they're going to be, um,
0: distributed
1: yeah Yeah. and then I honestly I would love to learn more about the culture and the skills of the midwives there
0: I would like to do that and just like I say when all of these things are going on Sarah I would love for you to come oh yeah I'll be
1: there I'll be there mark my words when the whole when you're allowed to travel again (laughs) I know (laughs) Oh, yeah, crazy, Wow, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it like i'm I'm so grateful I get to introduce you to my world.
0: love <laughs>
1: no she's the coolest, and yep, and this is the start of something well. We met in 2014, but you've always been on my mind, and I say the first country that we leave, uh, the, the first country we go to after the United States birth circle is Liberia. That's, Liberia. I have the connection in Liberia, and that's the first country we're gonna go, and birth circle is, uh. is we're going places.
0: <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And when I went to America, too, uh, the families I met are uh, Sherry and Dee and Sonja, and they told me, Marcia, you can always come when you can not because Utah is your second home. So, oh. yeah. Thank you. Oh, yes.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep, I know. Dumb COVID. Okay, we'll do an exchange. <laughs> You'll come here for a while and we'll pack you up and send you home with a ton of stuff, and I'll come there <laughs> packed with everything. I would
0: love to. I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so, much. thank you so much, Sarah. Let's keep in touch. I'm gonna work on all I can work on, and I'm gonna communicate with you more so that we can you can see how you guys can help me to move forward, please. Yep. My country, yeah, my country. And really there's so
1: much me. that you can help us with too. That's what I. Love about this connection. It's not just a hey, let's donate and throw some money at the problem. It's a okay. We have the gods, but you have the culture and the community. You can teach us so much too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. Bye, bye. Another time, in time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.